Hey everyone, before we get started, just wanted to give a quick disclaimer. We did have a couple of technical issues uh, with internet connections uh, and the dynamic of having two guests on, which was our first time having two guests on. But uh, uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we certainly uh, enjoyed it. And uh, without further ado, let's get into the episode with Mike Goulian and Rob Holland. Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're clear to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, the podcast where we talk about flying cool shit sometimes. What up Jeffrey P.? Not much. It's the podcast for cool pilots. That's what I call it. It is a podcast for cool pilots. I go out to dinner with my wife and my uh, wife's friends ask me what I do. And I say, I do a podcast for really cool pilots. And you're not one of them. And you're not one of them. So you don't get a link. (laughs) You don't get a link. Dude, can we talk about this? Again, you know, I love drama. And there was some drama. I know what you're going to bring up. There's some big time straight drama. up real housewives shit. Like I almost, I almost wasn't going to bring it up because we have, I mean, people already know cause they probably saw the post, but this is going to be a ridiculous podcast. It's going to be ridiculous. It's, gonna, it's got, it's got a plenty of opportunity to be the best podcast we've ever done. It's up to us, but we'll, it's going to break I the internet. Fuck it this up. is, this is I, no, I wouldn't bet no, myself. we're not going to fuck it up. This is, this is going to be uh, uh better than Kim Kardashian's ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In many definitely. ways. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Um. 100%. So I'm super excited to get into that, and and um, that's going to be a fun podcast. But that's going to be hard. That's to, like, I almost get wasn't going to bring it up, dude. Why? We have to. Well, you know, because, and I hope that we can like, kind of segue into this because you know there's there's some uh, there's some I don't know a little drama a little you know there's two sides it seems on the IAC and um I wish everybody would get along. That's what I wish. Um, me too. Do you find it weird? Let me ask you this before we actually get into it. This is like a little bit cart before the horse, but do you find it weird that if you didn't know somebody that knew what was going on, you'd have no idea what was going on. And I know that sounds super obvious when I say it, but you know, think about this, like for everybody out there that, that, you know, like Obviously, we, like we have a podcast, like you're connected, I'm connected. We all know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So we hear a lot about contest drama, right? Would you um, would you call that 45 degrees of separation? <laughs> 45. It's, it? a, <laughs> it's 40. Is it up? Is that on the up or down? <laughs> uh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do, you know, do you find it weird that like you wouldn't know about? There's no communication outside. Like, hey, we had some concerns. Here's what we're doing. We looked into it. It's all good. Enough said. Well, you don't, you don't hear like the rank and file of the IAC membership doesn't hear that stuff, but I got to be honest. But I now I, have heard about the drama and fill us in, like fill, fill the listeners in about the drama. Well, before I definitely want to talk about it, but what I was going to say is that, you know, we're a small club and we've always talking about this. So like, why not have fun with it? And like, if you don't want to be a part of the shenanigans or the memes, the, and we've given this, what is this, the fourth time that we've given this advice? Just don't respond. 
don't answer and trust me, it'll work. Nobody's going to bother you, but it's all in good fun. And nobody's, nobody's trying to be a bully. And if somebody's being a bully, just tell them you're being a bully. And I'm sure that person will be like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just joking around. Like nobody wants to hurt yeah. anybody's feelings. We're just trying to have fun. And that's honestly the truth. Um, in most cases, <laughs> but yeah. Um, whatchamacallit. So Mike Lentz, who is the nicest, I say this about a couple of people, but he's one of the nicest persons I know. Um, and I really, really truly mean that. Um, I don't know if he feels the same, if he feels the same about me, but he flew a contest in a super decathlon in advanced. And to me, I know Mike wouldn't do anything to, to risk his own life, but I knew he, I know he wouldn't do anything to risk the future for his students in flying an airplane or, and he would never do anything that would represent something that he wanted students to do. That's dangerous. So again, really, really great guy flew in advance. And there were some people that came out and were so against it and everything that he did with multiple people watching that have been in uh, competition and aerobatics and aviation, whatever, uh, watched the whole flight and said that he didn't exceed any of the limitations of the airplane. So, I mean, let me actually, with that, if you don't exceed the POH with what you're doing, then what's the problem? I don't, I, I don't, I fail to see a problem. That's kind of what was a little confusing to me. And that's why I made that. And we might be missing something. Maybe we're missing something. We might be missing something. Nobody's saying that we could we're, be. you know, we're not the, uh, the end, the end answer, even though a lot of people. <laughs> well, you know, and a lot of people, including myself initially thought that he was in a super decathlon. He was in an extreme decathlon. Oh, was um, he in extreme? He, see, okay. There it is. He borrowed an extreme decathlon. Oh my God. The person that is not happy about his advanced flying is definitely rolling their eyes right now. <laughs> so he or she. <laughs> He or she, um, it was Adrian. So that's kind of where I, even, even a super decathlon though. Like if you're not, I fully agree with you. And, and look, we all know, or I'll say most of us know about the greenhouse issue of doing inverted spins in a super decathlon of blowing out the greenhouse. That that's common. Um, another one, another common issue with a super decathlon is snap rolls and, uh, blowing out the tanks, the fuel tanks, right? Even yeah. though you could do them within the POH and within the limitations of the airplane, you can still have these wear items that just don't hold up to the abuse or, or the rigors of, of that environment. Okay. Yeah. And we're getting, we're getting so ahead of ourselves on this. Maybe. So that's just a little taste of, of what's going on. Maybe it will come up in a podcast. I, this deserves its own podcast. This, honestly, this deserves an entire podcast. Yeah, it does. And Bruce has given me the signal. Um, the guys, we sent the private jet for them. They just showed up uh, from the town car that drove oh, them the, to okay. the, uh, they're here. Um, they're here. in the green room right now. I think Brittany's getting them, we... uh, some popcorn and a couple scotches. Good, good. Some skinny you, pop. You and... Brittany, you good? They're ready? No, we don't have champagne for Mike. He's still doing his hair? All right, Mike needs another 20 seconds for his hair. Um, and Rob did, uh, is playing some did, type of did, van. Did the Seal Reserve right and Mad Dog 2020 show up for Rob? Yeah, it did. Rob's in a full suit. In Eddie Van Halen paint scheme, you know, like with the stripes. Yeah. Makes sense. The lapels and a top hat. Yeah. It looks like they're ready. Before we, before we we bring them in, she's such a flirt. (laughs) Before we bring them in, 
I want to ask you something. What do you think if you had to pick a drink that represented Mike Goulian and Rob Holland, what would those drinks be? Because I, 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 I know my answer. Oh, I know and, my answer. Okay, what what do you have for for Mike? Don Don Goulian is going to be drinking some type of vintage Chianti because he's the Don. Yeah. Yep. You know Italian wine. Italian wine in the right glass, holding it from the stem, doing the perfect swirl, sniffing it, and just like owning it. You know those people that you know that they know wine and drink, and they just that would yeah. be him. And Rob, Rob, I mean, we talk about like style of aerobatics, and Rob, I picture with a bottle of like 151, just slamming shots and getting <laughs> pumped up. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So I have I, I have very similar uh, pick for Mike. I, I I imagine him having like some secret wine cave somewhere that just has like, like I don't know like captured wines like wines like he has he got like Saddam Hussein's wine collection you know yeah and it's perfectly lit up with watt lighting watt lighting watt LED everywhere it has it has runway lights like this rabbit lights to the uh, to the seller directing you yeah. And it's like Goodyear tire lined, so it, so it keeps a perfect temperature. No, he has the Goodyear um, escalator going down. You don't even have to walk down. It's the Goodyear <laughs> rubber escalator that brings you down into his cellar. <laughs> well, Rob, I think, I feel like I imagine him drinking like four locos out of a shoe. Yeah, just like being fucking awesome. Just, just killing. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You know, but well, I can also see I can also see Rob on like a leather lazy boy, you know, a sofa relaxing with some cavassier and just you know strumming that guitar. I can too. He, I he's, feel like he's, he's multi, secretly he, lives the high life. He's multi talented. Let me say, he's just multi. That God. Well, <laughs> should we? Uh, right. Should we pause? Bring him pause in. the studio and and uh, bring him in. Let's bring him in. Welcome fresh in from the green room, Michael Goulian and Rob Holland. What's up, guys? What's up, dudes? How's it going? Hola, hola. All right. Fresh, hola. fresh, fresh, fresh off Oshkosh. Um, obviously, it was a lot of people there. We've all kind of spoke about it on the sidelines. Um, what do you do? What do you guys do to get into Oshkosh? I get, you know, Rob, Rob, you can go first. Do you get special treatment when you first arrive there i'm assuming you don't have to do like the fisk arrival and all that stuff like what do you say to the tower i guess is there like a like a secret password that you, you get to use just to sneak in there <laughs> rob we shouldn't password, tell. there is another the way password in. is bacon <laughs> yeah no there, there's another way in that we use that makes things a lot easier especially like you know in the mornings if we want to go out and practice we don't have to get in that huge line to get back in again Squawk uh, off. So I guess I guess that is a little bit of a perk. Yeah, that is bacon. We know, yeah. and we're not going to tell you. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> Shit, <Exactly>. right? <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, the other thing we were talking a little bit before before we had technical difficulties, but when I was watching it through um, and getting made fun of by my wife because I was watching the uh, takeoffs and landings like a aviation nerd, um, there's so many of these guys and girls out there that went to it that are um, influencers and 
do you guys, do you guys run into them a lot? Mike, like Mike, do you, do they come up to you a lot and just want to like basically ride coattails and try to get like more followers on their Instagram and Facebook? Like how many of these influencers probably came up to you during Oshkosh? Oh God. I don't, well, I mean, I know you can't name names, but I, I'm not sure who they are, but you know, there's, there's a ton of them out there. And I think you can, if you want, you know, <laughs> the, yeah, right. You can, if you want, they're, they're trying to, engage in aviation in their own way and um listen we is it genuine though is it genuine i i don't know i guess they you know there's a lot of those guys (laughs) that love flying i think and um i don't i don't understand the people that have a need to be sort of a quote an influencer i don't know whether they make money on it or they don't or whatever i have no idea How's that for a non-answer? Yeah, I hear you. Rob, did you get a lot of them? A lot of people like that? Yeah, very political. You should run for office. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely some of them out there. It just, I don't know. It's just this time in Asia, I guess it is what it is. I don't yeah. really get it. That show does attract whatever. a lot. Well, it just means the biggest show in the world, right? So it makes yeah. sense. Do you still makes get sense. nervous before, before flying Oshkosh? Rob? Um, I don't know if I get nervous, but it's definitely different because it's a different crowd. You know, you're flying in front of an educated crowd. It's not like your normal air show crowd. And I'm not saying that an air show crowd is educated, but it's a crowd full of pilots, right? They they actually, a lot of them know what they're watching. Um, yeah, it's just different. I, I don't really know how to describe it other than saying it's just, it's different. It's very, very cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's different than your normal air show. Yeah, Honestly, like, I never really thought of it from that that point of view. Um, makes sense. I get I What's get that, I get nervous and and but honestly, it's it sounds weird. I get nervous before every air show flight I do, and you know I look at it in in a certain way. I'm like, hey, you know, how, how much longer am I going to do air shows? I don't know, three years, five years, whatever, and just say I'm going to fly 15 shows a year. So that's that's 30 flights in front of people times you know call it five years that's 150 flights right it's not many if you think about it so i'm like hey this is this is a gift right so don't waste one of those things so i like i don't do i get nervous i don't know if i get really get nervous but i get super pumped because i'm like hey there's an hourglass right and and it's this the sand is coming out of the outer hourglass and make each one of those things worth it. And for me, like for me, Saturday at Oshkosh is the thing you've lived your whole life for. And I feel lucky that I usually get to fly Saturday. That's the big day. And, you know, you're like, man, here I am at another Saturday at Oshkosh. And it's a pretty big deal. Is there, is there anything you do in a cockpit? Like right before you're about to enter the, uh, the box or the air show box. Like meaning, like, um, do you just take a couple deep breaths? Do you let go to stick for a second and try to like shake off any nerves? Like any kind of advice for yeah. some of those pilots Breathing out there? Techniques. No, I mean, like, I think if you look at any athlete, they have a routine, right? And so, whether you're at a small air show with five thousand people or you're at Oshkosh with five hundred thousand people, you just do what you always do. That's cool. Rob, what was the uh, what was the weirdest thing you signed autograph wise at Oshkosh this year? 
the weirdest thing I signed. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's not at a Motley Crue concert. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 no, I don't think there was anything weird that I signed. I mean, hats and shirts and posters and stuff, but that, that's about it. Oh, really? Nobody's airplanes? I thought somebody would have you signed an airplane or something like that. No. No, didn't sign oh, any man. airplanes. It's weird. You know, kids want you to sign their cell phone cases, which is kind of weird. What? I signed a bunch of interesting. I signed a bunch of cell phone cases. See, that would work. Well, actually, it wouldn't work because I was just thinking like that would have worked with Tucker when he had 1010-220, but 1010-220 was a payphone. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sign my quarters before I put them into the payphone? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That had to be weird too with uh, Sean Tucker not flying to show. Uh, we were talking a little earlier, and you know, um, the guy's an amazing airship performer, you know, all around and everything. And then to see him, legend, at the, you know, young Eagles just like hanging out, it was because you know he still has it. Like he can easily go fly the shit out of anything. Um, so it's just weird, you know. It's just changing. Like the performers seem to, it's starting to like, you know, but no new ones are really coming in. So. Did, uh, did Sean say anything uh, to you, Mike, as far as like his new role within Oshkosh? No, I mean, I, I think Sean was there to just to support all the people that have supported him over the years. And, um, you know, whether Sean flies again or not, I think there's a spot for him in aviation world, you know, like there was Chuck Yeager and, and Bob Hoover. They were part of this for a long time, right? And, um, I think he'll be, he'll be the same. Right. But, you know, to say there's no new people coming in, like it was RJ Gritter's first year flying there. And I don't know how many. Oh yeah. Seen him He's fly incredible. Athlon. He's sick, man. Holy He's totally shit. Sick. He's just great. And, uh, it's fun to watch guys like that. And, and, uh, and to be given a shot to fly at Oshkosh probably pretty early in their career is pretty special, but he showed that like he can do it. It's really great. Is it hard for a lot, like you guys, Rob, you travel all around the country and the world. Is it hard for people to swallow the fact that most of the best air show performers come out of the Northeast? RJ Gritter, you guys. There's <laughs> <laughs> just something Savage. in the water. Over there, that's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were, we were just born great. Part of the water. I don't know. Part of the water. That's it. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, I don't know. Because um, you know, who's who's ever been very good from the West Coast? Just saying. Oh no, sorry. I start, Mark. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, well, Mark. Well, actually, we should just get right into it. Mark got called out big time. I don't know, Rob, Mike. I don't know if you guys know, but you know, Mark had posted something about not going to a contest because it was too hot, <laughs> and like all these people. <laughs> Just went bonkers and started like, <laughs> you can't talk about aerobatics because you never flew in a box and bop, bop, bop. And, and Mark was really upset. And I don't know. Do you, I was not really upset. <laughs> yes, you were. You, you were upset. You called me and I had to calm you. I had to talk you I off called the you. you did. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so. Um, it's too hot. It's too hot to fly, dude. Well, nobody. Yeah, there's no good West Coast people. I mean, no, totally oh, AJ's, AJ's flying good. AJ's flying good. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of West Coast people. <laughs> yeah, but, but isn't, Rob, um, isn't Rob coaching him, though? That's that right. Is he's true. Coached by, coached yeah, by so he, he's so. only good because he's oh, being taught point. by a Yankee. Yeah. 
you prove a good point. You prove a good, we should just have our own, you know, we should have our own club because obviously, you know, people just can't keep up. It's just not fair. I think that, yeah, just, (laughs) just a North, just a Northeast group would be fine. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, there was a, you know, speaking of RJ Gritter, that guy, I watched him on um, flying at the Castellan and it, you know, just kind of made me think of what's going on right now with, with Mike Lentz and all this drama for your mama um, with him flying advanced. Um, I don't know a lot about the super to or the extreme decathlon, but, and I don't want you, you don't have to answer whether it's safe or not. I'm not going to have you do that, but um, what's your feelings on, on that happening? You know, Rob, do you have any thoughts on that? I wouldn't want to be the guy after him flying the airplane. <laughs> yeah. You think it's a, you think it's that much of a, of a, a potential risk? I mean, I mean, Mike Lentz is a, obviously an incredible pilot. I mean, he's really, really good. There's no denying that. Um, I just don't think he's not from the Northeast, but he's okay. He's not from the Northeast, but he's very good. (laughs) It's just not the category for that airplane. I mean, who can look me in the eye and say the decathlon was built to fly advanced. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's like I said, I I wouldn't want to be the person after him who flies that airplane. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it definitely the potential shortcomings. No, it certainly can't win, but, and I mean, we all like Jeff and I were talking a little bit about this off um, before we before we all got on the uh, the show together. Um, you know, the fuel tanks are have been a problem in decathlons in the past. Um, are there other potential issues? I mean, I know there was an AD for the ailerons uh, on the extreme decathlon, but what other things that would you be concerned about after you know doing advance in, in an extreme decathlon? Well, I mean, what's what's snap roll speed in a decathlon? Ninety. Right. 90, so, I think. Yeah. So I don't know. Snap rolls on the downline. Um, it's just, I just think you're asking a lot of the airplane. I mean, it's yeah. like I said, Oh, you are for sure. even the, even the extreme decathlon was, was not built to fly advanced. So I mean, that's so just would you say that it's just it. not extreme enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the kind of extreme decathlon. <laughs> we need a super extreme decathlon now. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like I couldn't fly advanced in a decathlon. I mean, like you would have to work that thing so incredibly hard. And like I say, I don't even know if it can do all the advanced maneuvers as well. But just snap rolls on those things are so hard. Think about the seat backs. You know, they've had all those straps that used to break on the seat backs. Rob's had decathlons. He knows. I mean, like all that stuff. The the belly fat. The stringers break on the belly. You end up basically pulling the stringers out of the belly and then the fabric starts flapping around the bottom. Like you'll rip one of those things apart, flying advanced in two seasons, right? Just, yeah. it'll just need a ton of work. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know, I could kind of see both sides and I'm not involved in it. So I really, I don't lose sleep over this, but I totally can see both sides and on one side people are going, well, it's POH and it's snap roll behind, you know, behind the speed that's, that's listed. And, um, but it, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to like be unbiased towards it. It's definitely hard on the airplane. So, I mean, if you got deep pockets and you can fix it, if it breaks or if you continue to fly in advance, then 
it's kind of on the person to fix it. But um, well, it's pretty it's pretty funny that everybody was like, you know, yelling to take snap rolls out of intermediate because of the decathlon, and then the same <laughs> people are cheering on people flying the decathlon in advance doing snaps. It I don't know, that's just, true. I, yeah. I don't I don't really get it. I didn't hear about that. I wanted. I'll be. I'll call myself out. I I vote. I voted or not voted, but I was a proponent of taking snap rolls out of the advanced known because I thought a lot of sportsman guys were a little like hesitant to jump into category. So I thought taking it out for one or two years would maybe give them an opportunity to to jump up into intermediate and work a freestyle that with a snap roll placement that they know could work and then get through the unknown somehow even if they got to just take a zero. So I thought it would create. <laughs> you know, opportunity to have that huge sportsman crowd of people, you know, give it intermediate a go. Um, Cause I think it scares off, you know, some of those people. I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I'd hate to fly intermediate with no snaps and have to eventually go to advanced. Um, yeah. Well, snapping the free I, and snapping it unknown, but just not a known. Yeah. But which makes it all yeah, the more weird. Like if it's going to be in the free and the unknown, it should be, I mean, it should, I mean, if you're going like to, if you're going to, if you're, if you, if you're going to have a snap, you should have it in at least the, the, um, the flights that you can be practicing all, all year long. So why not put it in the known and the free? I mean, those are the ones you're going to spend the most time with. You're going to be able to practice and you're going to be a little good at, as opposed to the unknown where who knows where you're going to get it. Yeah. So I don't that know. Makes it sense. just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent for having it in intermediate. I understand why some people don't basically because of the decathlon but that's, that's a whole nother debate. Yeah. Yeah. So when so. the, uh, when the, uh, when lens fly is unlimited in the extreme decathlon, what are we going to, what other categories are we, gonna, <laughs> what are we going to do to advanced? Uh, well, <laughs> you might introduce parachuting, but. <laughs> oh my so God. Did, I don't funny. even know. So did Michael fly advanced in the plane already? A contest? Yeah, he did. And how did he do? You really didn't tell about it. I didn't know about it. I saw something on You're the too busy shoot, shooting serious videos. Yeah, I've been working. I've been working for a living this week, so. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, he flew advanced at uh, what? What contest was that? Um, oh was gosh, it, I always forget the name. I, I, was it Iowa Spencer. this week? Spencer. Spencer Iowa, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Spencer. And yeah, do okay? I, I understand, Rob. I, I totally understand the hypocrisy of like everybody wanting snaps out of intermediate and then cheering the super decathlon flying in advance. I understand that hypocrisy. I unfortunately probably partaketh in that. Yeah, I think it's just cool if if the flying. I mean, I I, I think the thing is, I, I I probably speak for a lot of people is I want to see that flight because if it's you know. Everybody is that saw it was saying that it was obviously, you know, beautifully done, well done within the POH, within limitations, nothing, you know, unsafe, seemingly unsafe about the flight. The the argument of longevity of the airplane is it's totally valid. And, and I'd, I'd side on that all day long. Like, you know, like the, the pits S2B and S2C, uh, you know, they had some some issues, you know, like cracking, uh, cracking ribs and things like that over time. So there's there's definitely multiple examples of airplanes that you could do everything within, you know, within the box, so to speak, and still have wear items um, or items fail faster than they should or, 
some unusual items, you know, fail. So I, I, I can, I can't, nobody can argue that that is hard on a super decathlon or an extreme decathlon. Nobody can argue that. And whose airplane was it? I don't know. Um, I can't remember. I mean, it, he, it, he, it, he wasn't a, beating up his own airplane. Yeah. No, it wasn't one right. of the school ones either. I think it was somebody else's. Um, oh gosh. Cause it, I don't think UND has a, uh, extreme decathlon. No, they just got, I can't remember her name. It's, it's a woman and I can't remember her name. Oh, you're going to get called out for being a feminist now. I mean, uh, uh, chauvinist something. Chauvinist. Yeah. <laughs> Did I, um, I, yeah, I'm assuming gender. No, I had a, I had a good question actually, uh, for, for, uh, for you guys. Um, because everybody doesn't know how, I don't know how much I need to practice to be honest or what's good, but what do you think? Like what's, Michael, it's like the sportsman category and intermediate category. How many days a week you think people should be practicing or how many, like when you were in that category, how many days were you practicing? Well, I mean, so do you practice if you're a sportsman pilot or intermediate, are you practicing for fun or are you actually practicing because I want to go do well in a contest? Because I think quite frankly, after your, able to score 60 or 70 percent on your own like you really only need to fly to stay current and whatever g tolerance you might need in sportsman intermediate which probably isn't a ton but you should fly in front of a coach all the time i mean that's what i would say right like to me and i didn't have this when i was flying sportsman intermediate and things like that but coaching which by the way is different than critiquing right so a coach that is understands your airplane, you, your skill level, where you where you want to get to, and sort of there's a season long progression of you getting better, you know, whatever. I think if you if you flew with a coach six or eight, ten flights a month, that's that's a ton. That's all you would need to do. That, that's just my opinion, but. Uh, you know, you don't know how to, you don't know how to draw a, a round loop in a wind by yourself. You know, you don't know what a hammerhead looks like with a big tailwind or a big headwind, uh, by flying in the airplane, um, with nobody watching you from the ground. So the biggest thing in my mind to get better as a competitor is to just have really good coaching from the beginning. Yeah. Do you ever get the itch, Mike, to uh, to do it? not not to enter any any contest in, a, in maybe a full capacity? But do you ever get the itch to do things like just the four minute free, or or do you ever actually go out and fly a sequence just for fun? So I always take the unlimited uh, sequence of the year, and I have it laminated, and then you know between long breaks and air shows, uh, that's what I practice. Or I'll take an unknown from a contest and if there's a hard pushes I turn them into pulls and that's another story but um because that's how I stay sort of uh sharp from a competition standpoint from precision and so forth so I'm always doing it and so listen I get asked the question all the time why don't you come back and and compete and there there's a there's a couple reasons one is just I'm just so busy running too hot business now right it's too hot in California <laughs> Um, and, uh, so yeah, and I'm just, it's just busy and it would take so much time that I just, I, I, if I did it, I would want to do it 
you know, the best of my ability. And so, and honestly, to come back and fly a four minute, I'm like, eh, I don't like, I love air show flying four minute freestyle flying. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I never really kind of understood it. I'm like, do the judges really know what they're looking at? And, you know, I was always like, there's just a little bit of sort of, I don't know. It, it just didn't seem right to me that, that everybody was so good at judging classic aerobatic flying. They weren't so good at um, judging the four minute. And oh, by the way, you have to fly against a guy. Rob, his name is Rob Holland. He's really good. You know, all those guys from the Northeast, they're really good. So I don't know how the hell are you going to beat that guy in form in the four minute anyway. So <laughs> I want to go back. I think we just, just I think we just started a new a new trend. <laughs> right. I just I just. I would just go oh back. My God. Like I always, I always felt that I was a better sort of classic arresty flyer than I was a four minute fly. Like that's what I, I just loved to, I loved that. And, and cause you, you could always measure it and, and you know, the harder you flew and the more precise you flew. I loved that. And so, um, I, so the, I'll tell, I'll say it here. I completely miss competition aerobatic flying and, and, I wish I could do it. I just, it's just, I'm at a point in my life where I just don't have the time. My family is, my daughter's growing up and all that stuff and everything takes so much time, but yeah, I miss it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I have a tear. I think I speak for all of us. Uh, when I say, please film one of those, uh, times where you run through the unlimited sequence just for fun. Okay. Or at least parts of it. Or at least part. All I need is 30 seconds. So what I'll have to do is like <laughs> seven sequences to get you 30 seconds of good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, oh, I had a really good question since we're kind of going back and forth here. Um, Rob, so I was talking with Mark the other day um, and we always kind of ra- ramble about making contests fun and everything. And we were talking about raising... Um, I think we said like a thousand bucks. If we can raise a thousand dollars to give to, I'm trying to find the question. Here it is. Um, if a thousand dollar prize can be given out at nationals for a category winner, which category would you choose and why? Or possibly, you know, for like a flight. So whether it's primary sportsman, intermediate, advanced, limited, or like an intermediate unknown at nationals or the advanced unknown, like which, what would you, what flight would you, give a thousand dollars out to, to the, uh, the top performing person. Uh, honestly, probably sportsmen. Um, you nice. know, we're trying to draw new people into the sport and bring people in and encourage them. And, um, you know, I don't know if a money prize is really the way to go, but yeah, if I was going to do it in any of the categories, it would probably be, probably be that. What prize would you, would you want to do? Uh, WWF belt. That's what I would do. <laughs> Love that idea. <laughs> That's going to happen, by the way. That's definitely going to happen. No, seriously, what prize would you do? Uh, probably snow cones. Yeah. <laughs> snow cones. Yeah. 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 Hey, there you know, was, I would do which, uh, we have to say, we, we have to officially have to, congratulate Rob on his title. Which title? Vice President. Oh, my God. <laughs> Duh. Oh, that one. <laughs> You know what's funny? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here too, thinking, what title? <laughs> hey, no, I was I was ready for my next line. I, I was thinking that the prize for the sportsman winner could be a locket of Michael Gullion's hair. 
No, we, oh, listen, there you go. we need we, we need to talk about more important things. And that was that at Oshkosh, I saw a Hawaiian snow cone truck and I thought of you two clowns. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's what I'm talking about. Got, and it's funny because I was going to message that, that picture. Yeah, I, mess- I, I got messages that quite a bit. <laughs> and I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask uh, you and Rob, what was your most memorable experience at Oshkosh? <laughs> that was it. Seeing the Hawaiian shaved ice machine. Did you sign it? You should have signed it. <laughs> Love <Sorry>. it. <laughs> um, well, while we're back in Oshkosh, I actually have the, the question that I was not going to be able to ask. But um, did you guys have any fans, uh, Rob? You can go first. Any any fan that came up to you that was you can kind of pick apart from. The other fans, um, not to say that they're better, or where, but somebody who was memorable came up to you. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's kind of cute. A, f- a few years back, um, I'd done a formation routine with uh, Bill Stein. And, you know, when you're done flying, they put you in the back of a car and they drive you in front of the crowd and you get to wave to everybody. And there's these two young girls and they had this big sign that said, we love Bill Stein and we love Rob Holland. I thought it was funny. <laughs> and and the next year they were back and the next year after that they were back. And finally we'd stop and like have selfies taken with them. And um this last year where there wasn't a um Oshkosh, I actually got an email from them at Oshkosh underneath the big uh, welcome to Oshkosh thing that obviously nothing was going on with a big sign that said, We miss Bill Stein and Rob Holland. So <laughs> that's awesome. I, I thought that was kind of cool. And they were they were there this year and it was it was great to catch up with them and see him again. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a cool story. Yeah, I it, love was, that. it was pretty pretty fun. Really, really cool. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. What about you, Mikey? Nobody loves me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, you, I know picture- what's you know what's happening now is there's a whole bunch of people that have been coming to Oshkosh for you know, 20 years and with their kids and they bring pictures sitting on my, on my cap 232. And basically they were like three years old and now they're six inches taller than me. And they, we've taken pictures every year. There's a bunch of people that do that now. And that's actually, it's pretty special to see them all. And a lot of them are now starting to take flying lessons on their own. And that is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I was thinking that, you know, when could you guys get to drive the uh, the crowd line at the end of your performance? I was thinking it would be cool because you're with Watt Engineering with the lighting. If you get those glow sticks and just toss them into, <laughs> toss them into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just an idea. But um, I could sell Monster. Anyway. Oh, wait um, a second. You're not sponsored by Monster, so you can't give me any, any of those. I appreciate the encouragement um, and I will continue to work my ass on that because okay. <laughs> you better pray that they don't get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's too funny. Um, yeah, that's right. You were in a cap. Well, Mike, what would you be if you, if you couldn't be in an extra, if Walter extra just didn't exist and he stuck to uh, building pizzas, um, what airplane do you think you'd be in right now? Wow, that's a good question. Um, you know, probably because of sort of 
the time that I was sort of coming up in the sport, I, I guess it would probably be an edge, right? Because that was sort of the monoplane of the time. If you think about it, it was like Stodikers and then edges and then the 300S kind of was, but wasn't. And then the SC and now the MX is such a big uh, an airplane. So I, you know, just thinking about like, I would probably have been on the Kirby Chambliss sort of path, right? And this, the edge was was the airplane in the 90s. So I probably would still be in that thing today, I would guess. Yeah. What about you, Robert? Right. MX just stuck to being Giles. Oh, man, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, ultimate. I, I, I do like the edge. I, I really enjoyed flying the ultimate. Um, I, man, I'm not sure. You guys got no love, kind of, no love for the I've game bird for or, so did, long now. or did Gen Pro. I was hoping you'd say Gen Pro. But. <laughs> Gen Pro. I do, I do, I do like the way the Edge flies. It's it's a great airplane. You flew an Edge, yeah, yeah, a few times. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I did. Love, you ever fly your Edge uh, aerobatically? I, I mean, a little bit, not enough to really. Um, you, you know, when they became super serious race machines, you couldn't really do anything with them. You couldn't push negative G or anything with them, really, because the. The cowling, everything was so tight with the plenums and all of that kind of stuff that it was really just made for racing. So we were pretty gentle on them from an aerobatic standpoint. Yeah. Whatever. Um, are you allowed to uh, speak on your your race plane, or is that still NDA? No, type my stuff? race plane. My race plane is on its way to France because it's now owned by Melanie Astle. Yeah. Oh. How did that go? Be excited to see what she how she goes with that airplane. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. I you know I've talked to a bunch of the rookies, so if this race this new race goes, um, it'll be interesting to watch their learning curve because it will be way steep. Yeah, I mean, do you Rob? Do you think? I mean, you're 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 well, you're insider, but Mark and I are completely outsiders. Do you? What's your feeling on this air race thing? I mean, um. Do you think it's going to happen? I mean, I don't, it's just weird that it's coming so fast and it's going to, they're talking like it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know. I kind of have doubts on our end. You know, I mean, to be truthful, I really just don't know a lot about it. Um, I just, just for no particular reason, I haven't been in that loop and talked to anybody about it. I, I hope it happens. I think, I think all the air race stuff is, is good for aviation as a whole. Um, so, I mean, I hope it does go and I wish everybody the best, but I just, I really don't know a lot about it. Yeah. I know what this, do you is think, a, this is a sign of, uh, this is a sign of getting older, but like, I really miss the Red Bull air race era a lot for somebody that never, I never participated obviously, but that was so cool. It was so cool to watch. The production value was amazing. It was so fun to follow. I'm going to really miss that era. And, and I know, I'm sure. I could speak for Mikey G when uh, he would agree. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I'll, I'll definitely miss it. Some of the, my greatest memories in my career have been flying in some crazy places. Uh, I owe so much of my life to Red Bull and, and my career to all that, but the, you know, the racing is, I think great for aviation, right? And we would get emails from kids from 
all over the planet. How do I become a race pilot? How do I do what you do? Right. And so I think it just captured, it captivated kids and captured their imagination uh, because it was probably because it was on TV and uh, you know, the production quality of it was so good and you could relate to them. So I hope the race comes back and I hope it does really well. Sort of, I think I've had my time there. I've sort of a little bit of been there, done that. And um, I'll probably be involved in some way, whether it's helping out a team or doing television stuff with Paul or whatever. Um, but I won't be flying in it, at least in that race, uh, that series, if it comes back. But I do, I do hope it comes back. Me too. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I missed sure. it when you guys there, had, I, I, I mean, know I know it was more I dangerous. I know they're trying hard, I, admit, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I missed it when when you guys had the no restrictions. Yeah, they're working hard to come back, and people are making the moves to go. Oh yeah, I mean, like, may no make no bones oh, about it. Technical issues with Jeffrey. No, I'm here. We're losing you, Jeff. Uh-oh. I'm here. I see you. Hello, <laughs> Jeff. You there? Yeah, I'm here. They have to reset the generators in New York. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh my god. Petro. No, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello. Now his internet might be crapping out. You guys all still here? Yeah, I guess you oh, get yeah. to actually ask questions now. Yeah, right. Now we, we can make him be quiet. Sorry, Mike. Uh, continue with a. <laughs> hey, Petro, shut up. We can't hear you. Can you hear me? I think we got you. Can hear you now. <laughs> We got gotcha. you. Oh boy. Crappy internet. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, uh, so I'll um, just yeah, I'll talk Mike, about uh, finish the, your yeah, thought. So, Sorry, you were in you were in yeah, the middle of the thought. So the, no, I was just going to say. So you know, there are plans. It's ready. There are teams that are all ready. I mean, there is I think twelve teams, and they're all set up, and the airplanes are coming together, and the schedule is coming together, and all of that good stuff. So people are asking like, is there going to be an air race? Well, I think it's always a question of money, but there is a company that is working and functioning and the teams are selected and there's contracts that have been signed and people are going to go racing. So whether, you know, whether there's enough money to actually pull off the whole thing, I don't know about that. Whether COVID has something to, to say about this in the future, that's also up in the air, but you know, if people like racing, uh, I think they should be excited about what is trying to be put together. So, yeah, that makes sense. Do you think, um, you know, speaking of Edge, Edge is like such a funny, or Zivco is such a funny manufacturer because that airplane was so dominant in air racing and obviously a huge airshow pedigree uh, with air racing shifting and i know zivco has shifted into military contracts and things like that do you think uh there's any chance of seeing uh you know a uh gosh what would it be a v v4 edge 540 or a 580 version of the edge enter uh, the aerobatic market so i don't know if people know kirby and i put 580s on our edges back in the day and it was great in a straight line but it was like trying to turn the titanic you know you put that big engine out there and 
it was heavy. It wouldn't turn. It would have been fine on a couple of tracks, probably like Porto and, oh, I'm not sure, any of those up and down straight tracks where you didn't have to do anything but a turnaround at each end, right? Like it would be okay there. But when you took a technical track, any any of them, like if you think about Indianapolis or uh, any of those tight places like that, it just wouldn't, it just didn't work. So to be able to extract the horsepower out of the existing 540 was the way to go. And then the, the idea is the airframe just has to be crazy light, right? So the airplanes all weighed around 1,050 pounds. They were super, super lightweight. Um, I think the next generation of race planes you'll see will be Whoa. electric. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, yeah. The, so the next I'm generation here. of race planes you see will probably be electric airplanes <laughs> more than another version of an edge. I was just listening. That's what they're looking for, right? That's yeah, what that's, I've seen like in the um, Formula One world, Rob said, they're starting to, um, to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do some electric stuff uh, in the in the F1 <laughs> air race uh, um, sanctions. I got that, T-Mobile the on dial-up. That's going to be the future. What do you want me to do? Point. Yeah, for sure. Cuomo is just taking everything away from us. <laughs> Jeffrey, we got you. We have you back. What do you? Hey, Rob, I, I want to ask you oh, uh, while we were together um, in Tennessee. Do you do any kind of like stretching, or I, I know you work out Just a little listening bit. Listening to loving, but um, I pulled my neck Dude, the other you, day, um, not from flying, and now I, I do stretching. Uh, I, um, Petro, but do you, you guys know, stretch at all? Your phone bill every before you month, go for uh, like a, an air show flight or an unlimited flight. Oh, there you go. Ah. Uh, You've got mail, right? Step your game up. Yeah. We should have a date, you and I. Let's do stretching. Stretch some hammies. <laughs> Mike, you do any stretching? <laughs> we'll do a Pilates class. That's what we'll do. But yeah, it's important, I isn't it? Probably I mean, I'm not a very flexible person. Quite a bit, um, but I, I don't know. I was thinking about maybe incorporating I, I mean, that into I need to get with doing like five or like ten minutes worth of stretching before you go to do And I probably should do that at some point, but no, right now I don't. Maybe. Will do. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, just to stay out of injuries and stuff. Obviously, wobblies is not really no, related really to stretching, but have you guys ever had any kind of yeah, injury right, like that outside of? getting the uh, wobblies like pulled muscles or, or breaking anything, uh, any bones or anything like that from uh, flying. <laughs> Let us know how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, Breaking bones? No. Anyway, um, but um, I don't know. I figured I'd ask you. I pulled muscles like my, you know, um, my, like where my shoulder blade is. Like yeah. probably once a month <laughs> I do something there and it, it's tweaked for a few days and then it gets better. Um, hey, if you had to, um, but. Not really. I mean, every now and then you, you look the wrong way while pulling G and you're not ready for it and you, you tweak something in your neck. 
but um, nothing, nothing too extreme. I mean, nothing that's going to put me out for a while. Yeah. I feel like there's a meme yeah. that's going to come out of this, but <laughs> okay. Remember that? Uh, and it seems to be good. Remember that video that they posted with the prancercizing where that woman out, from the eighties was prancing around. <laughs> you pull one way, you just, you know, you pull it the other way. That's right. Um, Anyway. It seems to be common. Um, it's very common that most pilots don't. Do uh, Michael, any with kind the, of, what's your squ- a, a regimented no. stretch routine or or think about that a lot. Suck. It, nor, aside from normal workouts and and fitness, <laughs> doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, thought into that. <laughs> we we can o- we should only hope. Are you going to do any aerobatic training in that? Or ha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Rob, how's your MX2? Yes, I got it out before you. Haha. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> how's your uh, How's your MX2? Do you have any oh, uh, any plans along. in the future for uh, maybe doing an aerobatic really. school, Rob? Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be flying. But it's it's uh, it's good. Yeah, I'm excited to fly it. They did a really nice job on it. What's a uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's experimental, so you really can't do training in it. Um, but I can use it for like you know media rides and sponsor rides. It's kind of a backup yeah. airplane. Gotcha, um, Michael. Are you gonna? You think you'll do that with uh, with the Cirrus yeah, thing so, you got no, going on? No, no, no. Maybe doing some UPRT. Like no, I mean kind of been there, done that already, and it was a. Uh, Great means to an end. Um, I'll probably get more and more into coaching at some point. I, I do enjoy that, but probably not actually starting a full-blown aerobatic school again. Yeah, I think we're going to, we're start, we're doing some of it now and we'll start to do more really? of that. I think just the, the people that, our flying services, quite frankly, need that, and it's uh, it's something that would be would be great. And I think yeah. we're actually going to do some tailwheel and backcountry stuff too around New England, which will be really fun. So we're looking at getting like one of those certified carbon cubs and doing sort of three and four day backcountry weekends and stuff. So stuff that complements what we're doing with Cirrus, and you know, got I don't know how many what I have four thousand hours of tailwheel time or whatever, and like, hey, let's put that skill to use uh in our in our business you know but in a in a fun cool way so like hardcore come to us to learn how to fly air shows and stuff no not that but um we'll leave that up to patty and sean's school and things like that but just really just aircraft control and teaching sort of the lost art of aviating right that's such a uh a departure from, I feel like with the mindset of teaching, um, serious pilots is nowadays. Cause I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Cirrus is kind of more marketed to the non-pilot that needs it as a tool, as opposed to somebody who wants to be a pilot and wants to fly a Cirrus. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that the, the, a Cirrus, and that's not me it, talking about, uh, talking bad about Cirrus. That's not a, sure. a, a knock. I think a Cirrus is what it does for you. Right. And, um, it is super capable from as an instrument platform. The avionics in it are, are 
as everybody knows, amazing. And then if you think about it, uh, like the electrical system is built with a, a bunch of great fault tolerance in there and all kinds of things that um, flight into known icing and all of that. And then the, the parachute, even for me, like I look at the parachute as um, it's like an ejection seat, right? So there was actually uh, a caps pull yesterday. And one of my good friends, it was a, one of the flight instructors uh, from the, that he, he had trained and at one time worked for him. And it was a Cirrus taken off out of a place <laughs> somewhere in, I think in Tennessee uh, with a family Holy on vacation shit. And they were climbing out of a thousand feet and they started to lose the oil pressure and the flight instructor, the pilot pulled, started to pull the power back. And at about 1500 feet, it just seized and they pulled the parachute, came down in like a little uh, plant nursery and walked out of the airplane. Funny enough, the family that owned the plane was going on vacation. They're like, well, we'll just get a car. And they got in a car and they drove to North Carolina, which is where they were going. And the airplane uh, is fine. Wow. It, it, like it really has so little damage. So it'll be back flying again in six months. And the reason they did it, it, it I guess a, a, a connecting rod went through the crankcase. So, I mean, in that wow. regard, it's, it's really, you know, it's great. And, yeah, they're great you know, airplanes. Let's, let's I'm back, by the way. Some My, stupid uh, poles. Caps okay. poles as well. Generators but, back home. You know, when I look at a situation like that, here they were 1,500 feet above the ground, probably with very, very little options, and the parachute saved their life, and that's happened over 100 times now. So, but again, it's a it's a tool to get oh, from A amazing. to B. Right? I, I'm a I, I'm a fan. Yeah, it's a tool to get from A to B. Right, yeah. that's what they're for. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, sick. Yeah, it makes total sense. Makes total sense. I think they're good airplanes. I, they're, you know, they're super fun to fly. I, I haven't flown one in years, but I've always enjoyed them. Yeah, the new the new generation six airplanes are really quite nice. What are you doing there? Seems like it. Super advanced. I mean, more advanced than most <laughs> commercial airliners. Yeah, it's insane how great they are now, right? So where are you guys, um, where are you guys at? Uh, I mean, we're, we're not, not quite wrapping up the season, but we're getting uh, on the back end of air show season. Oh, maybe Rob, I'll you go said to that. you were in it's Illinois. not too far away for from uh, New York. Um, Mike, are you, are you're in between shows? When's your next show? Awesome. Yeah, I got to go to Brunswick, Maine next uh, Labor Day weekend. Okay. Rob, where you, where'd you say How you much were How much of a, you guys... I'm in uh, Decatur, Illinois. Got to show this Decatur. weekend. Are you flying nationals yep. this year, Rob? And, um, I'm actually going to go to France for a week. Rob, are you going to fly nationals? Um, oh, what are you going to do out there? Flying over there. Well, I I can't get Coco, my coach, over here, so I'm going to go over there. Odd has been kind enough to let me go over and use her airplane, so I'm going to get coached by Coco for a week. And then when I come oh, back, I'm nice. actually going to the same show as Mikey. So I'll see you up there in uh in Maine. Oh, that'll be fun. Awesome. Oh, that's a good lineup. Great lineup. And Rob, are you going to Huntington Beach? A lot of yes. Okay, so I'll be there too. Now we got a long way to fly, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
But I'll be in, I'm doing it right after Nationals, so I'll already be halfway there. Oh, that's good. Okay. So it's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's not bad. Are you going to fly to Nationals? Mike, you'll have your, your plane ferried out. You'll, you, what do you do? Is you, you, you going to fly to like Nationals follow, this year? Follow behind in the Cirrus kind of thing? Uh-huh. No, I'll take the airline out there because I'm actually going to go do a speech <laughs> at a convention in Scottsdale the week prior. I'm going to be. I'm going to go to nationals. Go and I'm going to be a boundary judge. And go over. I've decided. It's just too much money. I mean, you'd, you'd spend more money in fuel than you'd make at the air show, right? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, no kidding. That's a long flight. Yeah, that's a lot a of gas. No, I'm just going to sit there and crochet yeah. a blanket. Oh. That's what I'm going to do. I might have to come down and uh, come say hi to you guys. That that sounds like a really good uh, good air I'm show. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we'll buy you um, a snow cone and give. I don't you know if I'm going to nationals this year. Actually, I'll go with with uh, Mike <laughs> and I are going to go together. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Now you're just teasing me. Don Gul- Don Gullian and I are going to show up. I'm looking forward series. to that show. Will, Mike, you've done that show before, haven't you? Oh, yeah. the, like the first or second year they <laughs> you gotta, did. You got to bring me. I have a. I actually have California. I have a speech to give for the Monster Energy Team Networking Group. Yeah, it'll be my first time. I hope it happens. Time. I was talking to really somebody today, to and they were like, "Hey, yeah, that's cool." It, Do you guys have? They a were focus? asking me about this uh, Delta variant thingy in Nationals, and I was like, "I didn't even think of that." Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Again, are you going to bring that up again? Yeah, let me try to I'm going to dress up as a boundary judge for Halloween. Is that better? Hello? That should be a lot better. <laughs> what? There you go. You need to go to the Nationals. I like it. <laughs> I think Nashville's going to have a huge, huge turnout this year. It is, yeah. It's going to have a huge turnout. Oh, Petra, I think we're halfway through again. Your internet sucks ass. And I think we should fire you off the podcast. You're out. Can we just turn him off? I was going to say, Mark, can you just Please. take him off this thing? Let me just find a way to the, mute him. Yeah, just get him out. Say, see you later, Jack. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, I did want to ask both of you guys, uh, t- uh, touching on the Huntington Beach show, Do you when you guys go, do ICAST, do you... Do you try to ever focus on a region or like some shows that you really want to do that maybe you don't necessarily book or is there, is there a focus like that? Or are you just presenting yourself at your booth and everybody that, that books acts comes by and either wants you or doesn't. And, and you just kind of let the chips fall where they lie. You know, for, I mean, everyone does it different, I guess, but for me, truth be told, I, I have 95% of my shows booked before I even go to ICAST. Um, tend to book some shows there for like the the following year, like two years ahead. 
but I don't book a whole lot at ICAST itself. I just spend the year talking to people and making phone calls and get everything set up before I even go. So I don't have to stress about okay. it. Yeah, it's it's the that same for me. It's it's more of a social event I'm, for me. I'm Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm back by the way. My internet's fucking so shitty. Yeah. Mark, why did sucks. you let him back in? I heard uh, you. <laughs> he just fi- keeps finding his way. <laughs> I was in the green room with Brittany. That's what I was doing. <laughs> How much do you guys love smoke oil, by the way? Oh, I hate it. It's the worst. <laughs> it's absolutely. It's, it is I the mean, most it looks disgusting. cool for air shows and stuff, but. Oh, I think, Mike, my, my, you should. I think Don Gooley needs to come out with his own, like, hair gel line called smoke oil. Yeah, I agree. And <laughs> just bottle, like, <laughs> actual smoke oil for people to use as a. Yeah. Uh, Call that? Use it as moose in the hair. And people don't that don't fly air shows. They think <laughs> that it's the coolest. That like I was there, the guy that is building a carbon company. So I'm not going to put a three gallon smoke tank in that. I'm like, why? Why would you ever want to put smoke oil in don't. an airplane if you didn't actually have to use it? It's the nastiest yeah. stuff don't, on the planet. Don't make like your airplane them. heavier for that. Oh my god. Oh, so yeah, I love wingtip smoke. Wingtip smoke's cool. Um, but yeah, it just gets everywhere and it keeps on dripping out of everything it's, for like the following week. It's disgusting. It's, just, yeah. it's heinous. So my internet was cutting out before. Are we in agreement that you and I are going to fly to nationals in the Cirrus? I thought you were going to pick uh, me up in your Gulf that's Stream. That's going to go. Aren't you going to take Don your Gulf? Aren't you going to take your Gulf Stream? You pick me up. I think Mister. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Monster Energy are using it that weekend. Ah, oh, damn. And um <laughs> I couldn't I I can <laughs> No, sir, what would it take? I mean, everybody what would it take for you to sh- to judge nationals? I'm I'm actually or just show up. Oh, actually I'm trying to I, I'm actually trying to go to the nationals for two or three days. So I've already I'm trying to block what? I'm oh, trying cool. to block it up. Yeah. We should go. You're gonna need like private security. No, I'm not. I don't know anybody anymore. The only guys I know is Rob. <laughs> we know Mark. Mark's going good. to the Nationals. Okay, two people. Shit. Mark, Mark, you're going to the Nationals. It's going to be below 80 degrees. Where is it at? How far of a drive? More than 30 Salina, minutes? Salina, Kansas. I don't know. Good old Salina, Kansas. <laughs> I might try to make it's, it. I might try to be, go next year. Yeah. What do you guys think of the new air show uh, performers that are coming up um, the last couple of years? I, you, Mike, you mentioned RJ. Um, I don't know him, but I've seen him flying and the guy's really, really, I mean, for what it's worth for me, he's really talented. Um, is there anybody else that you kind of see coming up that in the past year or two that you think might be going somewhere or Rob, if you know anybody? Um, I'll let you go first, Mike. While I think about it, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, Rob, I'm trying to think. <laughs> or even in the Warburg community too. I don't, like I don't, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that is like this new up and coming. Yeah, I mean, I don't honestly. What about you, Mike? Go ahead, Rob. 
No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I'd like to see some more talent coming up. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. You, you want to encourage people that are ready for it to come into the industry and do it. But it's tough because I think there's a lot of people that start coming into the industry that aren't ready for it. You know, um, I don't want to start getting controversial, but you you got to get good and before you actually start flying air shows, right? You shouldn't be a sportsman level pilot and flying air shows. Um, yeah. And a lot of these people, I want to ask them, I said, well, what I want to ask them is, would you want to watch yourself flying an air show? You know, is there any entertainment value there? Is, are you going to scare somebody? Are you actually ready for it and competent to do it? And I think there are some younger people that are very talented and would be great air show pilots and with some mentoring, It'd be awesome to have them in the industry, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's funny to me how some people approach air shows. It's like, I got an aerobatic airplane. I'm going to become an air show pilot. Well, it doesn't work that way. You don't just buy a NASCAR and drive NASCAR, right? You got to get the skills and get the talent and get the coaching and, and eventually get there. You got to do the journey. And I think it's, easy. do you feel I like the barrier to entry show. is too easy in some ways? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I do. I totally do. It seems like, it, I mean, it, it can be right. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like it can be because you have, you have, have any performers that run the full spectrum. I mean, um, you guys are obviously high performance, high energy monoplane, very high skill, um, upper echelon performers. And then you have, I mean, it, it doesn't matter so much the airplane. I mean, like RJ is a good example of like, mastery in the airplane that he's flying and obviously complete and total control at all times. And, and it's a wonderful routine. Then you have oh, a lot yeah, of people great. that do like these, like these, you know? Yeah. I mean like sports, I don't know, sportsmen or like below <laughs> sportsman level routines in airplanes. And you you almost got to wonder like, I mean, where did, I guess they obviously fill in the, uh, the performer, uh, list at air shows. Um, so they are filling a void, but, um, it does seem like it, it can be pretty easy for someone that just wants to do air shows and wants to have that track of, you know, um, buying an airplane, learning some, some maneuvers, basic maneuvers, and then doing, you know, kind of a subpar routine with it and then making mediocre money and just kind of doing that. Well, it doesn't seem like it, it's yeah. that hard if somebody wants to take that path. Well, hold on. So they're not making any money just to be clear, right? They're not making any money. So if it's a, if it's a yeah, person, yeah. If it's Fair. a guy or a girl that like is a sportsman pilot, let's just say they bought an extra or a game bird or something, and they're out there looping and rolling around at 500 feet for next to nothing, they're not making money. That's an ego trip. That's not an airshow pilot. I mean, I should, probably shouldn't say that, but it's true. And right. and like I got into airshows because I was trying to pay for an extra so I could compete. That's why I started doing airshows. I couldn't. I didn't have the money to go pay for an extra or a Stodiker at that matter. Right. I was flying corporate airplanes and then, uh, I was flying Learjets and, and, uh, citations to, and pumping gas at my dad's flight school. And all of that money was going into aerobatic into my aerobatic airplanes. And then it needed, then you're like, okay, now I need more when I bought my extra and started to fly air shows as a way to make money. And then it became a career, right? And so I guess I don't really understand sort of the 
psychology behind like I'm a dentist, I'm going to go fly air shows on the weekends. Like I just totally don't get it, but that's, that's beside the point. But Mark to say they're making money. It's a total, it's a grind not making any money. It's such a grind to do that. Well, it's not for them, right? It's fun, right? They're going to go, they're going to go to local air show. They're going to drink beer. They're going to show up in jeans and sneakers. And like, I just try not to associate with that because it's just not, it's not a professional way to do this business. And it's a really unforgiving business. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people that right now are just cursing me saying, Oh my God, you know, they make it so hard to get into air show flying or it's a good old boys network. You're, it's like, you're not wrong though. I'm not wrong. I, well, I don't think I'm wrong. Right. And as Rob said, if you're going to be an air show pilot, no, you're not wrong. You, you need to know how to fly. Right. I think the, like at the top of advance and into unlimited is sort of the skill level like if i can say to you pull up and do a three-quarter roll to the right and lay out inverted okay great do up you know pull up three-quarter negative flick and push off and do you know and i can just call out maneuvers and you can do them without even thinking about it then you're ready to kind of start into the air show business but if you have to think about how do i do this maneuver or they're like people are like what is the most difficult maneuver for you to do and i'm like none of them they're all the same to me, right? Like exactly. nothing's harder than a nut. Like, Hey, you know, yeah. do a one and a quarter flick up, do a one and a quarter flick down, do whatever. Like it's not, there's nothing that's harder than anything else. And if you're flying air shows, you have to worry about wind drift, the crowd, a 500 foot line, density, altitude, speed, energy, all of this other stuff. And you can't think of be thinking about, how do I fly this maneuver or, Oh my gosh, I hoped I do this one. Well, right. Like that's not, that's not the arena to do that in. Yeah. Or I hope this yeah. works. I hope this works. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think it's surprising because I look at, yeah. I look at you guys, you know, Rob and, and Mike, and you know, it goes without saying it's a tremendous effort that gets put in to get where you, you are. And then, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you know, some of the new guys that you could just tell the flying's not there almost. Um, but the ground, the the directions on how to get to be a professional aerial pilot are right right in front of you. So I just don't get the mentality of saying to yourself, "Well, I don't need to do it." Robin Mike did. I don't need to do that. Like, just <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Well, you well, it's funny, you know. I like <laughs> I look back at videos of like earlier, like when I first had to do an air shows, and I'm like, "Ugh, I can't believe I was." <laughs> flying like that but i i don't know i like when i first started out i i was flying advanced um i was doing well in advance and winning competitions um i made the advanced aerobatic team and that's about the same time i started flying air shows so i think i was competent enough and i mean i've been watching mike fly forever and i don't ever remember even way back when watching mike you know not do a good air show so i think you just you need to put in the time and you need to get good and you need to actually have, you know, the thought process of putting in together an entertaining yet safe act. And I just don't think a lot of people approach it that way. Do you think that's an yeah. element of, of a, a non-competition pedigree? You know, I think, I think competition, I think competition is very valuable, right? Because it, one, it gives you a lot of discipline, and two, which I think is most important, is it gives you the ability to take 
uh, critiquing criticism. Because in competition, that's all you do. You never have people come to you and tell you how well you did something. You have people you tell, tell you how bad how you, you did. Do something. <laughs> well, no, but how do you, what, what was not right? How do you make it better? How do you improve? How do you, you know, make things more perfect? And, yeah. you know, when I fly air shows, that's what I'm looking for. If I'm doing a show with Mike, I go up to him and, you know, I'll say, did I do anything to make the hair in the back of your neck raise up? Did I scare you at all? Is there anything I could do better? I don't want to know what I did right. I want to know what I did wrong. So I think competition brings that and situational awareness. Um, do you have to have been a competition pilot to be a great air show pilot? No, because there's plenty of them out there. But they also put in the time and the effort and have unique acts and, um, you know, I don't know. I just think you need to practice enough and be competent enough to be, I don't know how else to put it, but good before you start doing air shows. Yeah. You know, is that still hard for, I'm sure it is, but go ahead, Jeff, go ahead, Mike. Sorry about that. No, I was going to say, no, 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 you like there, there's the Matt Yonkins of the world that are just in the aeroshell team, right? Those guys are insane. They're so good. And, like I never get tired of watching guys like that fly, right? And uh, and Kyle Franklin is great in his Cub, and so there's you know when you talk about airshow flying, there's different kinds of airshow flying, right? But I think if you're asking me and 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 I guess Rob as well, you know when I when I think about it, I think about the way that we came in our type of equipment and the way that we came up, right? And, and I think if you look at David Martin and Patty and Kirby uh, and Rob and me and Matt Chapman. And um, like we came up through competition and I think it serves you well doing what we're doing. But again, Matt Yonkin didn't come up the same way that we did. And the guy's like sick, right? He's just so good in his own right, in his own way. But I think when you're going to fly an airplane, uh, the way that we do, I think the competition, the IAC is the proving ground, man. It's, it's where you learn. But uh, another thing is there's a lot of IAC people like, oh, you know, airshow flying. I could di-. Like it is another completely different world. When I started flying airshows, I, I, I knew everybody in the IAC. I had just won the nationals in advance, and I went to my first ICAST. And I didn't know a soul, like nobody. Right? And, and here you are, you're like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of big king, right? I just won the nationals in advance. I am somebody. And you show up in the air show world and I cast and they're like, you're who and you're what? And you did where, right? It's, it's a very, it's a whole other world yeah. of flying, right? Like the, they're, they're completely different. Um, and the IC prepares you, I think, like Rob said, with the discipline and stuff, but the learning curve in the airshow game is way steep as well. Uh, because there's been a lot of airshow pilots, knock on wood, that, you know, that that came from an IC background that got killed, right? From the five hundred foot levels and I don't want to name names, but there's a lot of them. And so like yeah. in, in airshow flying, you've got to leave your ego at the door, right? Like it's a dangerous game and you, you have to do it. And just because, Hey, I'm a pretty good intermediate pilot. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing, right? It's a, it's a way, way different ball game to do airshow flying and you, you need a mentor. You just can't do it. You just can't do it on your own. You need a guy or a girl like Patty who's helping lots of people. And, 
um, to get into the business in a, in a really safe and calculated way. Makes total sense. Do you feel like um, the majority of, of pilots that have been killed doing air shows, do you feel like it's an, an ego driven thing? No, it's an inexperienced thing, right? So it's so easy to, you know, put your right foot in there and stick your stick in the right hand corner or stick your right foot in there and stick your stick in the left hand corner. And you really don't have any clue of where the airplane's going or where it's going to end up. And unfortunately, right. sort of the inexperienced people that are just kind of like, oh, I can tumble. Well, yeah, you can kind of tumble at 3,500 feet. Okay. But now you start to bring that down to 1,500 and 2,000 feet, and they don't really know what they're doing. The gyroscopic world is completely different, and, and nobody knows that better than Rob. And yeah. um, I think that's where transitioning competition pilots into the airshow world, like Miles Merritt and Sean DeRocher and all these guys from years past that had these accidents, they're it's multiple rotations in a gyroscopic way that end badly. Right. Yeah. There's been yeah, a number of them. You know, when, when you're doing airshow flying, especially starting out, especially when coming up with maneuvers, you have to put just as much time in like figuring out what the fault modes are of the figures and what can go wrong and what your margins are and, and, really come up with all those numbers as you do actually learning how to do the maneuver itself. And I mean, you just can't stress the importance of that enough. You know, when you're flying a, a figure at a thousand feet, at 1200 feet, at 1500 feet, there's not a lot of room for error, right? You don't, you don't want to have a figure where you have to recover from it. You want a figure where it has an ending and it's always going to come out the same way. And, but you got to know what the fault mode is and what's the worst case scenario and how much altitude you're going to lose and what kind of buffer you're going right. to put on top of that for margins. And you got to spend a lot of time learning that stuff and, and drilling it into your head. And just practice for the muscle memory. That must be hard to find too. Like if you're, if you're, you know, practicing in a vacuum in a controlled environment and doing things the right way, it must, it must be hard to know what you don't know is a failure mode. How do you how do you yeah, explore which, the failure modes? Well, one you got to think about it a lot, but two, it's working with other people and having them challenge you. Um, you know, getting together with Michael for a weekend and and or Bill Stein or Kevin Coleman or wh whoever I'm going to work with, and and being challenged. Um, you know, once you have the numbers for a figure, you have them, and you should practice the failure modes every now and then. But if you're coming up with something new or introduce, introducing something new to your show. I mean, you should be challenged on it. You should be trying to think of it yourself and you should be asking a lot of questions. Makes sense. Yeah. So you're, Rob, you're vice president, the IAC, which is amazing. Um, but how is that? Is nationals going to be a little bit different for you this year? Um, being the VP or um, are you going to be able to kind of separate that from, you know, being able to, to you know, go for the win? And uh, things like that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I'm going there as a competitor. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's going to be, you know, it's a big deal. Everybody's going to be wanting to congratulate you and stuff like that. So um, I just didn't know if you thought about that and uh, and such. But so what's the deal now? So you're a VP. Jim Burke is president. Gulian, you're 
liaison to the IEAA, right? Correct. Or yep. something like that. Yep. So what do you, do you guys have anything planned? Anything big? Well, I mean, the next, uh, the next big meeting is the fall board meeting, which is in November. We have a, a conference call coming up here in a few weeks with a couple of agenda items. Nice. Um, any, you know, it's still, it's about promoting and growing the sport, trying to get, you know, for the first time in a long time, we have more than 4,000 members and it's been quite a while. So that's actually a pretty big number for us. That's um, great. Yeah. We just want to keep that going in the right direction. And, and, you know, almost more important than membership is, is, is membership participation. Yeah. Um, each member financially coming in actually doesn't, help the IAC out a lot financially, but participating does. And if we can get more people to participate, that's more money for the IAC to redistribute back out into other programs and helping IAC grow and programs grow and, and, and develop the sport more. So yeah. we just, we just got to get more people participating and helping out and volunteering and flying and judging and, and all that good stuff. That's awesome. No, totally. Um, we're hoping it grows too, um, especially with the college kids and and that whole demographic. And um, I, I was I didn't even know Mike. I didn't even know that you were the liaison with EAA until like a year ago, or when you just you know I was just well, looking I through did, it. And I, I think did, that's I, an awesome. I, yeah, I just started you know, bridge into the EAA. Yeah, well, so I'm on the EAA board, and then they asked me to be. You know, there needs to be an EAA board member that sits on the IC board, and and they asked me, and I obviously said yes because it's. Uh, you know, I, I owe my life no. to the, yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I owe my life to the IAC. Right. So of course I said, yes. Yeah. And we're happy to have him cause he's kind of the voice of reason. So it's great to have him on the board. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's cool. No, awesome. 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 I wanted to ask, um, each of you, it's such like stupid questions, but Mark and I get a kick out of them or. Mark told me he does. Um, I don't know whichever one of you guys want to go first, but if you can have dinner with three people, who would they be? Don't ask me where I got the question from. <laughs> not, not, not the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of shitty. <laughs> um, oh my god. Bob Hoover, Jimmy Doolittle, and the Wright brothers, just to see what they would think of everything happening today. Well, that's pretty deep. Not bad. That's actually a really good. Answer. I don't know how Don Gooley, yeah, Don Gooley is not going to be able to to top that one. No. <laughs> so, so can they be dead or alive? Or do they have to be alive? Yeah. Um. Well, everyone I just matter. mentioned is dead, so yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, sorry about that. Rob already picked all the dead guys. Oh, so, <laughs> so um, The fictional character Rocketeer. Right? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the man who invented Hawaiian-shaped ice. Uh, so... Agreed. I love, right? I love her. Yeah. I love her so much. So I would say uh, Ayrton Senna, if you know who Ayrton Senna is. Um, 
Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Legends. So probably. He's one of my heroes. Yeah. Michael Schumacher probably would be second. And then. That movie is that Netflix thing is coming. Out. I know it is pretty soon. And then I think. September. May. Oh boy, it's, it's hard. Um, John Glenn, probably. Just because of all the stuff that he Leo? did in space, no Leo, no Leo. Like so, so I've had the. Ha- I've already. Well, you met had, him, so yeah, that doesn't I mean, count. Yeah, exactly. So I've been to dinner with Leo, right? And so been there, done that. Like screw Leo, right? No, been there. Like, Got the T-shirt. <laughs> had a Bud Light oh, with him. It was fine, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I like people that are yeah, John- that are psych- psychologically <sighs> strong, right? Like a. When I look at like Senna and Schumacher and people like that, we think about sportsmen and we talk about this a lot where, yeah, there's great athletes, but there are only an amazingly small amount of athletes that make everybody around them better, that make like the whole team better, right? And you think probably Michael Jordan was one of those guys, right? And you know, is LeBron James one of them? Eh, I'm not so sure. Amazing athlete. You know, you could say Tom Brady. Like maybe I should put Brady on that list because he's a guy that makes everybody around him want to be better and he makes the team better than probably it is on paper, right? So when I look at athletes like that, I try to look at people that, that are not only great themselves but have a, a way to make everybody else great. I think that's like – it's just to me unbelievable. Yeah. How many times did you watch the uh, Santa documentary? Yeah. You watched it like, oh God, a thousand times. I've maybe. watched it with my daughter, and my daughter is. Rob, have you ever seen that? I haven't. Yeah, it's, Rob, you should watch it. It's amazing. And oh, you got to watch it, man. Yeah. Like, I've got it. My, I it's really good. My daughter, and Emily is now a bigger Formula One fanatic than I am, which is kind of funny. Do you, you ever, you think you'll get into karting or any type of racing, Mike? I want, um, you know, maybe after air shows. I wanted to, and I wanted to get like some kind of a Miata or something. Cause those are super fun to, to drive that my, my daughter would want to come with me, but she doesn't want to go. So okay. I don't know. Oh, well. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then bucket list airplane. Um, it really could be anything. Warbird. Anything, anything you think of that you could fly tomorrow that you probably haven't flown. I know Rob's flown pretty much everything, so it's going to be a tough one for him. Um, but I know I was curious what you guys would dream to fly or something like that. A Corsair. Corsair? Yeah. I'd love to fly a Corsair. Tiger Cat. You could probably set that up with a what? Tiger Cat. Oh, Tiger Cat. That's that twin, the twin thing, right? Yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. F7F. Yep. They had two of those at Oshkosh one year, right? Yeah. Uh, Son of Fun one year, they had three of them flying. Oh, Son of Fun. Yep. That had to be wild. I think it was uh, Steve Hinton did a demo one at Oshkosh a few years back. And just the sound alone was like the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. It was just awesome. The that's gotta be so like rumbled when that thing went by. It was amazing. That's gotta be really neat. Um, 
you know, as rewarding as, you know, being able to travel the country as you get to see, you know, I'm sure you, you get used to certain acts where it just becomes relative, but you know, every once in a while, I'm sure something catches your eye and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty neat to be a part of that or, or know to people and, and get to see it. Um, I don't know. Similar to the, uh, the watching the, uh, tiger cat. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest things about the airshow industry is, is some of the people, you know, some of my, my best friends are in this industry. So, and they're all so unique and so different and so talented. So, yeah. Who do you think is the most talented airshow pilot? Not on this podcast, by the way. (laughs) if If you could fly a, like a formation act with somebody or, um, or if you want to watch, if you can watch somebody fly over and over again, who would you, who would you like to pick? That's so hard. Cause there's so many in different categories. I mean, I, yeah. I like watching it all. Like Mikey said, I like, I like watching Aeroshell. I, I love watching Matt Youngkin. Um, when the horsemen were flying with the, the P 51s, that was amazing to watch. Oh man. I love the horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many, there's, there's too many to narrow it down to one. Yeah. Not hear you. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's funny. After and even, then, um, even after all these years, sorry, just I'm still a fan of the airshow business, right? And and competition flying in general, and and airplanes. Like I just today, I was I'm I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, and there was a husband and wife. They were leaving with a brand new Vision jet, and the thing was absolutely just stunning and i came up to them and i'm like is this your plane and they said yep and i and i said i've seen a lot of vision jets and this is by far the most beautiful vision jet i have ever seen and i'm like congratulations you guys and the, and the wife's like what you, color was it it was this like blue and light blue and gray it was the coolest looking thing and and the wife was like, "You say that to everybody," and I'm like, "Actually, I don't." And I just love airplanes, and I love your airplane. And, uh, you know, it, it's yeah, it's funny. And I promise I'm going to mention it on Fly Cool Shit today, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but no, so like, cool. I still, I still love. Yeah, you guys, like, awesome. you guys seem like you're huge fans. <laughs> you have to be, because otherwise we'd have quit a long time ago. Because it's too hard. Yeah, what, right? Mike. What's the weirdest? Pl- what's the weirdest place that you've been recognized for uh, for what you do at air shows and in aviation? Like supermarket or, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, in weird place. Like I was in Lafayette, Indiana, to yeah, yes, yesterday, and uh, some kid came up to me at the airport. He's like, "Are you Michael Gulliant? Yes. And I take a picture. Yes. And that happens. It's, it's funny. It, and it happens at weird places that you just see, but like, but they're airplane people, right? They're not normal Joe's off. The That's awesome. Yeah. It, I'm, it's cool. And it's awesome. And it, yeah. and it's fine, but it's like, it's, I don't know. It just is what it is. It's just part of the game. And then it's fun that people enjoy what you do for a living. I think that's, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Rob, have you ever been uh, spotted? <laughs> TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, actually, the weirdest place to me was just eating at a restaurant in France. <laughs> uh, and it and it happened twice over there, which I thought. But but I think in general, the general public over there is more savvy savvy to what's going on with aerobatics, anyways. So, but that yeah. was that was that was interesting. Mike, I'm digging the uh, the IFR videos that you're doing with your wife. By the way, <laughs> are you? That's good. I'm glad. On uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have an I. I don't fly IFR, so it's interesting to me. They're fun. <laughs> so, She's getting to be a good little. It'd be cool pilot. if you and Rob did it together. Like if. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they're great videos. I think I'm gonna. We're gonna do one. The next one I think is gonna either be me teaching how to her how to fly in the Cub or doing an unusual aerobatic course with her in the extra. It will be kind of fun to do. Oh, that'd sweet. be fun. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'm surprised she hasn't divorced. You yet, should like but- as a joke. As a joke, like strap her into the front seat of an extra. And then instead of you getting into the back, put Rob in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Let Rob take her through a routine. Poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That, man. Might be, that might be sleeping on the couch territory after that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, dude. Um, I'm just really pumped. You guys are freaking killing it at air shows. And I really enjoyed watching you all at, uh, at Oshkosh. Um, even though all my non-aviation friends are making fun of me for watching the, uh, takeoffs and landings. <laughs> Sometimes it's oh, the best cool. part yeah, of it was, Oshkosh. It was really fun to watch you guys perform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you guys watch that at all when you're there? You guys like hang out on a windy day just to see, just to see some of the stuff. You know, it's funny, like if you're there, there's literally thousands of people that just pull their chairs up to the front row and just watch people arrive because there's always, <laughs> there's always something interesting to see. It's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. There was a couple amazing. of them. I thought it was interesting that that guy, uh, he does these aviation videos about <coughs> crashing and stuff. And then he ended up, <laughs> he ended up crashing. That is a rider. I saw that. That is a dang rider. That was some serious <laughs> karma right there, right? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> if karma if you didn't believe in karma, right? Exactly. Watch some YouTube. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Um but yeah, man. Um if you make it if you do make it out to nationals, um let us know because I bet you a lot no pressure to, to make it, Mike, but if you do go, I bet you a lot of people will show up. Are you going? Um, and Rob, if you maybe, and if Rob, if you're going to go to nationals, I bet you a lot of people will not show up in a certain category. So best not to say anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year. I think there's actually gonna be a lot of people there. I think right now yeah. we have like 11 people signed up for the four minute. And I think there's 13 and unlimited. And I bet there'll be That's a, good. probably a hundred, hundred plus competitors altogether. So it's, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Now, Mark and I are talking about going out for a couple of days. Yeah, I might try. You're, so full of shit. You're not going. No, I, I have to look at the schedule. I, don't, I, I haven't got my airline schedule yet. So once I get that, I can see. I'm just going to kidnap Mark's fish to get him to come out. <laughs> How dare you leave? You leave Nemo out of this. <laughs> Um, 
yeah, I'm just running through my show notes. Um, I think we uh, pretty much covered everything. Um, uh, if you don't mind, I just have one more question and then we can close, but, uh, the most, like, it's really simple question. It's what, uh, the most amazing thing you've seen somebody do in an airplane. And for me, it was watching Wayne Hanley when he had the, uh, turbo Raven and he, you know, pulled vertical and then stopped and then went back up. I saw that as a kid and, um, it always just stuck with me. I didn't know if you guys had any, I'm sure you've seen so much, so many acts and stuff. I didn't know if you saw one thing in particular that you just can't forget or or whatever that was just really incredible for me it was in um i was in fitchburg massachusetts and mikey you were flying in that show i was in college and uh, it was the first time i saw jimmy franklin fly the jet waco and oh, all like all i could do is laugh because i didn't know what other emotion to put to it it was just the most amazing <laughs> thing I ever it was like a wiley coyote cartoon it just did not make any sense but it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen that's awesome rob that awesome. is actually one of my like there are air show flights that stick out in my mind over the years and that's actually one of them you guys don't know this airport but it's basically in a bowl of trees and there wasn't much wind that day this is a weird story my dad had actually died the day before and don't not to bring the whole group down but, oh that's right and my, oh my mom's gosh. like my mom's like michael he would want you to go fly the air show and so they're like, there's nothing you can do. Go to the edge. It's only 25 miles from my house. Uh, and I got there and the FAA and everybody are like, hey, do you really need to be here today? And I'm like, actually, I do need to be here today. And um, I can remember it was really hot. And Jimmy, like, he just overpowered that place, right? It was like, it was a scene out of a movie because it was the wind, there was no wind. So the smoke didn't go anywhere and he is raging around, around the trees and the whole thing. Rob, like that, that was a memorable deal. That's he, cool. He was the air show. He, <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he flew and it was kind of like game over. Yeah. He was the air show. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> that was incredible. I've never seen anything like that. It was a crazy day. Yeah. It totally. Yeah. Was. We were talking to good, to, we were talking to Goody, uh, uh, last podcast. <clears throat> And he had a really nice story to tell about Jimmy where he couldn't get a suitcase started. And Jimmy Franklin came over and he's like, wait, you're, you're Jimmy Franklin. You shouldn't be helping me. You're a big superstar. And he like hand propped the suit for him. That was with the, uh, yeah. Hand propped the suit. Yeah. It starts at tomorrow, which is fantasy land. That was an amazing, amazing thing. Um, which I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe one day that will be brought back if there's enough, uh, enough people who want to do it and some funding, maybe, I don't know. Would you ever get involved in that Rob? Yeah. Or Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be, I mean, if you could find the right people and dedicated and I'd, I'd love to mentor some people. Would love yeah, to see that get brought back again. Yeah, it would be really fun. Awesome. So. Awesome. 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 Sweet. Mike, you all, uh, you are fulfilled. Dude, I'm I am fulfilled. Um, I can't thank you two enough for coming on. Uh, you're both repeat repeat guests, and to have you're this is the first time we've had two guests on at once. Um, and it, it was a little shaky out. at first. <laughs> it worked out okay. I do want to give you guys uh, each a few minutes. It was it was uh, Petroselli. <laughs> not shaky at all. No. 
It would know it was Petroselli's <laughs> internet that was shaky. The three of us yeah. live. I was pedaling okay. a, a, was pedaling a bicycle to generate power. It's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Petro. No, but um, yeah, we want to want to give you guys a few minutes to you know, um, give your sponsors a shout out, uh, announce uh, air show dates or anything you guys want to do. That you guys, this this platform is yours. Um, so you, you know, whatever you guys want to want to give a shout out to, or whoever you want to give a shout out to, it's yours. Yeah. Age before beauty, Mike. Oh, that's not very nice, Brad. <laughs> um, Jeez. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, for me, Paul Mitchell. Like, right, exactly. My my, my sponsor, Paul Mitchell. Um, I I I, <laughs> I honestly, I uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say I listen to every one of these podcasts and I get a kick out of them, and I'm like, I don't know whether. 20 or 20 million people are listening to this, but it's our, it's our small little world and it's really fun. And, and so keep it's somewhere find, in between. I'll tell you that probably try to keep, <laughs> uh, finding interesting guests to get on here, uh, that I think come from all kinds of air. Well, who's somebody that you would want to have on? I think Patty would be interesting if you could let her get her to let her guard down. She's got some great stories. Oh my god! Right, <laughs> dagger through know. my heart. We, you might, you might. We not. asked her. Yeah, she I said know. no. I know. I'll work on her. Um, <laughs> David David Martin would be really great. Um, Kirby would be hysterical. Oh, he'd be fun. Him on there. He's a maniac. Um, yeah, We're working on like, him. Good and Mark. Mark might have uh he might have uh creeped out Kirby because he reached out to his daughter and was just total. He just sounded like a total creep. So <laughs> no, no, no. Um, he might not be able to get Kirby <laughs> Chambliss on. <laughs> Kelly is his wife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his who wife. runs his 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 bookings? Kelly. It's Kelly, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, we're, uh, we're yeah, we're in we're in talks. We're gonna get him on. Listen. <laughs> You're lucky Kirby actually knows how Mark's to show up on catch a predator. Why don't you have a seat? <laughs> Mark's going to show up with a Hawaiian shaved ice machine <laughs> and Chris Matthews is going to be there. <laughs> um, yeah, but we, we reached out to Kirby and Patty. And uh, good crickets. No, no, uh, we're we're lining up Kirby. He just had a he was in Kansas City uh, for an air show the last the last time I touched base with. I know he, I didn't know he did Air Venture too, but um, we're just finding it's you know some of the hardest uh, people to to get on the podcast are, are full time air show performers and, and airline pilots. So um, lining up schedules has been difficult, but yeah, we'll get we're gonna get Kirby on uh, whenever he gets a, a moment. Rob, any requests for people? Um, I mean, everyone Mike mentioned. Um, I think Matt Young going to be great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You got. He you would just be really sit back fun. and let him tell stories, and he'd just go on and on and on. But it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, he would be amazing. I'm going to reach out to him. To get, that, um, he's trying to get like Odd Lamadon on or something like that. Is her English? And I'm not fucking around. Is is her English good? Where we should go ask her to be on it? Because I never spoken to her. It's, it's excellent. All right, cool. Because okay. that 
We already have enough you, technical difficulties on our end, so. Yeah, can you great. um can you uh bridge the gap and and uh, maybe do an introduction? Sure. No, yeah. Rob's going love over it. there. I'd love to get her on. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to be over there, so we'll do it then. Cool. Um, you know who? Yeah, so if I had to promote anything, it's just IEC. Check out the IEC and join. Yeah, I, I think that's what you guys are doing well is, is that you're you're talking about competition flying and it's where all of us should start and be and and enjoy it. And I know it sounds a little weird, like you don't have to win, but you don't have to win. It's really it's about going to do amazing flying with amazing people and watching these beautiful airplanes fly and um you know yeah. they're, they're there's professional aerobatic pilots, competition pilots like Rob, but there's not many of them. And everybody else should just be enjoying the sport for what it is and having fun. You know, do, obviously you want to do your yeah. best that nobody wants to lose, but to do your best and just, but just to have fun with it. Right. Um, yeah. I think for a long time, only people would hear it. A couple people that would bash it in a really bad way. There's, there's, a certain way, you know, if you want to talk about some of the things you don't like in a proactive way, that's fine. But you get these these couple people that would talk very vocally about it and they would ruin it for potential um, club members or people that would want to join. And I think that um, what Mark and I are really trying to do is just get the word out that it's not about bringing home a $10 wood trophy. You know, you, you build a tremendous network. You learn a tremendous amount. And you're around really neat airplanes and you get to see some really cool flying. So, um, and then you go back to work on Monday for typically 99% of the people and nobody gives a shit that you got a $10 wood trophy. So it's not about really winning this. I mean, you want to win, but you know, you really want to enjoy it and enjoy the road and, and stay in the sport for a long period of time. Otherwise you'll just burn yourself out. Yeah. I mean, my best friends. Oh, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, it is fun. Exactly. Yeah, me and my best friends in the world are from aerobatics. Sweet. Couldn't have said it any better. Mike, you got anything else to promote or anything to promote? Just happy to be here. I love it. <laughs> We're happy to have you. Well, we'll have and to have we, you guys on uh, again soon. We didn't talk you know, about. We didn't get it. We didn't get into hair. We didn't get gonna, into. I mean, dude, there's so I, much stuff we didn't get into. I was just about to say we went an entire podcast without talking about my hair. That's pretty awesome. And I was even on it. <laughs> he was so excited. I'm surprised. I'm a little let down on the uh, Rob Holland front because I thought Rob was coming in guns, guns blazing. I thought he was locked and loaded like Rambo, the bow and arrow with the grenade at the end, just ready to ready to go. <laughs> But you got to respect the Don. I mean, when the Don is here, you got to respect the Don. Don't. You got to respect your elders. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Speaking of which, where's Chapman these days? <laughs> he, he, he's in his he's in his rocking chair. He's getting his weekly steroid shot in the neck. Yeah, he is. From Vlad. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. He might might have to be the next guest. (laughs) 
Oh man. Well guys, honestly, thanks for coming on and, and dealing with my technical problems tonight and unprofessionalism. Can the <laughs> IAC donate uh, a nice internet connection to Jeff? He's on the team. <laughs> no, I'm not on the team. The team's I over. Guess, guess you're not on the team. That technically you're not on the team. That's right. Yeah, and then I dropped out a month before uh, the contest. I yeah, it was just too close to the contest. So technically, I'm a I'm a high school or no, yeah, U A U Sat dropout theoretically. So Dang. what are you going to call it? <laughs> so just to be transparent, I'm not. No, I'm about posing. Um, but yeah, I would I would really appreciate a nice fiber optic internet connection if anybody wants to give it to me. Any any, any listeners out there have the hookup? Poor poor Jeff just just can't afford a nice internet connection. <laughs> He's really strapped. <laughs> really strapped. I'm gonna go fly my SC tomorrow. Yeah, twice. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, well, we know it's, it's late for you guys. We really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, man, I don't know what else to say other than uh, have a good night. And uh, we hope to talk to you guys again soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We really mean it. Honestly. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And just you guys keep doing what you do. Sweet. Yeah, guys. We'll Bye. try. <laughs> All right, guys. Minus the <laughs> later. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 